there's there's so many thoughts, underlying thoughts and beliefs that can really you know, fuel certain ways in which we show up in our businesses. But when we start seeing it as possible, we ask different questions. Like, for example, when my business um, first started, I started it working two days a week when my son was in preschool. And then I got traction and success. And then I put him in for three days. And then three days led to five days. And then I realized that I was trading time in my business with for time with my son and my husband. So one of the first places that I looked at to ensure that I was creating the lifestyle and balance that I wanted was outsourcing things in the home so that my weekends were spent fully present with my family. And during the week, I could be fully present in my business and not be torn in so many different ways. And the reason I made that choice was not just because if I didn't want to clean the house, it was because I truly wanted to show up my best and be present with my son and my husband. And if I had not seen it possible to be able to have both, I would not have asked, oh, what help do I need to make that possible? And of course, by continuing to ask that question over and over again, you start to see opportunities to run more efficiently or to make certain hires in your business or really, quite frankly, say no to things that are not 100% in alignment with your vision of success because you're so clear of what success looks like you for you. And so you're not just saying yes, 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 and then being overcommitted and overwhelmed all the time. We're surrounded with the message that entrepreneurship is the hard life, the stressful life, the burnout, hustling and pushing is par for the cause. And while scaling a business isn't without its challenges, I am passionate about showing women that we get to step into financial overflow doing what we love. I'm on a mission to not only help you scale your impact and your income, but also to support you in running your business in a way that allows you to reclaim time back to spend with the people that you care about most. Join me for interviews, trainings, and musings on sales and marketing and mindset because I'm a firm believer that our businesses grow at the same rate that we do. I'm your host, Naomi Powell, wife, mother, speaker, and business coach, and this is the Lifestyle Edit Podcast. Amber, welcome to the Lifestyle Edit Podcast. Oh, hi, Naomi. Thank you so much for inviting me here. I am so excited to talk to you because I feel like Oh, it's been such a joy going through your body of work because there's so much synergies between just the way that we we approach productivity and also about how that fuels our values and our life and the whole mindset piece. And I feel like I'm so excited to share you with my audience because I haven't found someone who approaches the topic of productivity from such a holistic focused on the human being perspective rather than this kind of piecemeal follow somebody else's blueprint and try and make it work for you. So I can't wait to dive into (laughs) all of that great stuff. But before we get into that, I would love for you to just introduce yourself and just kind of walk people through who you serve, how you serve them. Yeah. And just the magic that you work with your clients on. Absolutely. Thank you. So I am the productivity specialist and I work with small business owners on improving their time management and elevating their productivity so that they can reduce stress, um, increase 
profit and really make time for what matters most. So as you were speaking about Naomi, it's, it's, it's a blend of, of course, we want to make more money in our business, but it's also the balance of reducing stress and really enjoying life. 100%. And that's actually a really great place for us to start. It's about the whole mindset piece, because I think there's so much information out there when it comes to productivity and you know, there's always those videos, the top productivity hacks from, you know, the Warren Buffetts and the Oprahs of this world and, you know, all of that kind of stuff. But I think it's not oftentimes I find, at least with my clients, it's not about a lack of information when it comes to productivity, but there's so much of the mindset stuff that gets in the way of actually the execution of that side. And we talk a lot in the personal development space about this whole lack when it comes to money, but I feel like one of the areas that I find I see lack the most is when it comes to time, right? There's constant stress. Like there's so much to do. There's not enough time. You know, even if I create the plan, like where am I going to find the time to do it? You know, thinking about the future so much and like wanting to do everything in a day, overestimating what we can do in a, in a, in a month, in a quarter, but, you know, I'm, I'm botching my words, but you know what I mean? Yeah, I do. (laughs) You know, I love that you want to start here. The words that we say to ourselves around time become just normal. In fact, when we talk to our friends and they say, how's it going? It's like, oh, I'm so busy. Or you're mumbling under your breath, like there's never enough time. Or it's the first thought that you think when you wake up. And the lack, as you referenced, is really affecting how we show up and it affects how we feel and the actions we take because of the words we're either saying externally or internally around time. And so this is a lot of the work that I do with my clients because like you said, you know, there's so much strategy out there. What I have found is that people beat themselves up trying to fit a strategy onto themselves and it's not a one size fits all solution. And there's an element of the mindset that needs to be worked on before you can really think that you're going to um, show up consistently um, executing on a strategy. 100%. And just riffing off that, I would love to hear from you, like, what are some of the biggest mindset shifts that you've really had to embody as you've scaled your business when it comes to the way that you interact and feel about time? Yes. So I'm actually going to share with you one of my own personal affirmations. And when I say affirmations, I'm not sure, you know, who's listening. So I just want to share with you that when I talk about affirmations, they're personal positive messages that I've created based on something that I want for myself. So I don't really believe in the cookie cutter, like just take someone else's affirmations. And I I like to do them based on something that I'm working through or working on. And when we think of time, my affirmation that I hold sacred and say often is, I always have time for what matters most. And that affirmation is incredibly powerful because it is absolutely true. We do not have time for everything. And that when we say, I don't have time, there's never enough time and end it there. um, That just creates anxiety and stress. And so what I love about the affirmation that I use is it actually empowers me to define what matters most. And it is very true that I will always have time for the things um, and people that matter most to me. And so when I hear myself or others say that, I, I like to invite them to 
replace that with, I always have time for what matters most. And that's incredibly empowering because what's next is you get to decide what matters to you and where you're going to invest your time. That is so good. And it's, it's sad, actually, just thinking about it, how many conversations I've had with entrepreneurs where they go so, the first step is just about, and there's something to be said for this, just like, create the product, get it out there, get the service out there, go, 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 go. And what ends up up often happening is that they create a business that they feel drained by, that doesn't bring them joy because they didn't actually take the time in the beginning to be like, what, what do I value? Like, what are the things that matter the most to me? For this business to, one, of course, allow me me to do meaningful work, but actually feel truly supportive of the bigger vision of my life. It needs to be, the whole business model needs to support that. So the clarity on those values, the clarity on that vision is almost like the North Star of what the whole business model needs to look like. Yes, I agree with that so much. I call it the my, the and method, A-N-D, is when you are creating business goals or the vision of your business, how can it be an and? And so how can I make $100,000 and be home for dinner with the kids? How can I do X and be healthy and have time to exercise? And when you put it like that, then you start creating the schedule and the business and you look for the resources that you need to make that possible. But when we create goals in like a, a funnel, like a tunnel vision of I'm going to go make X in my business, I'm going to accomplish X, Y, and Z in my business. I believe that anyone can achieve our goal, their goals. And it's what expense do you want to pay to get there? And I don't think that people are often thinking about that when they're making their goals, except for that my listeners of my podcast and my clients come to me saying things like, I don't know when the last time was that I got over six hours of sleep. I literally have no time to do any personal hobbies. I feel like I'm drowning in my business. And that to me is is something that is worth uh, fighting for. It's worth having a life where you can get enough sleep and exercise and enjoy the relationships in your life and be incredibly successful in your business. Yes, I'm so pleased that you said that because I feel like I suffered from this and I see a lot of women suffer from this too. When they do start to reconnect with their values, you know, how they want to show up in the other areas of their lives that instantly they decide like, Oh, my, my, my goals are no longer important. Like I had that revenue goal, but that's not really important because I want to have a rich life and I want to, you know, do all the, be present with my kids and all of that kind of stuff. And I'm just like, why don't you get to have both? Why does it have to be an either or? Why is it that, that in order to be very present in our lives, it has to be the expense of our goals. Like you get to have both. They both get to feel good. They both have to get to get even better. It's not, it's not that it, we have to choose one or the other. It just requires us to be more strategic and thinking about um, creating the business model from that place that actually really supports that so that we get to have both, right? Yeah. And I think that if we can create that vision for ourselves, that we actually see it as possible, it has us ask different questions. 
So, mm. you know, sometimes we have beliefs that I have to work really, really hard for success, or we have beliefs like I need to do it by myself to really have earned that success. There's, there's so many thoughts, underlying thoughts and beliefs that can really, you know, fuel certain ways in which we show up in our businesses. But when we start seeing it as possible, we ask different questions. Like, for example, when my business um, first started, I started it working two days a week when my son was in preschool. And then I got traction and success. And then I put him in for three days. And then three days led to five days. And then I realized that I was trading time in my business with for time with my son and my husband. So one of the first places that I looked at to ensure that I was creating the lifestyle and balance that I wanted was outsourcing things in the home so that my weekends were spent fully present with my family. And during the week, I could be fully present in my business and not be torn in so many different ways. And the reason I made that choice was not just because if I didn't want to clean the house, it was was because I truly wanted to show up my best and be present with my son and my husband. And if I had not seen it possible to be able to have both, I would not have asked, oh, what help do I need to make that possible? And of course, by continuing to ask that question over and over again, you start to see opportunities to run more efficiently or to make certain hires in your business or really, quite frankly, say no to things that are not 100% in alignment with your vision of success because you're so clear of what success looks like you for you. And so you're not just saying yes, 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 and then being overcommitted and overwhelmed all the time. Oh my God, Amber, I'm so pleased that you said that. Like, I think it's taken me such a long time to really like embody that on a deep level and really understand this whole idea of it. And something I'm always kind of reminding my clients on is that we are always either trading time or we're trading money, especially as service providers. Yes. Time or we're trading money. And we can make all of the money in the world and again, that's about up-leveling our money mindset and really stepping into our power in terms of our earning capabilities. I know that I can make all of the money in the world, but I can't get my time back. So I am constantly challenging myself. And again, this goes into the business model. Cash flow for me and profitability is everything. When you prioritize cash flow, you will always be able to make your money work harder for you than you. You'll always be able to claim your time back. And I love the example that you gave in your personal life. I felt like that too. And it goes back to the work that I know you do with your clients. I would get so stressed of like having to be all things to all people, cleaning the house, doing all of this. And it felt sometimes like I was going from the job of my my business to all of the 101 things in my personal life. And I really had to sit down and say to myself, I get to determine what being a mother and a wife looks like. It's not just about what I've seen. I get to create what that vision looks like. And what are the things that I actually care about, right? So I care about my kids having really healthy, nutritious meals. Do I have to be the one that makes them all the time? No. No. I can can pay (laughs) somebody else to prefer. Like, do you see what I mean? But we take on so many of these things as things that we have to do. And just tying it back to the business, the more that we focus on creating cash flow rich businesses, we are able to really focus on the things that move the needle and leverage our money to enable us to achieve some of the things that we want to without it being something that's a drain on us when it doesn't bring us joy. 
Yes. You know, I love that you tied that together. So I'm going to tell a little story. My first business goal, now I'm not advising this to be anyone else's first business goal. It may not be the best first business goal, but my first business goal was to make enough profit to hire a house cleaner. And like that was my initial goal was like, okay, I'm going to make enough profit in the business that I can easily pay for a house cleaner and not have it affect the the finances, like coming, like having it come yeah. out of the finances from the home. And we are talking about mindset. So I want to share this as well, is that some people are listening and thinking, oh, that would be so nice, but that's not for me. Or that, that just, that seems too luck, like too much of a luxury to ask for help in the home. I, I needed to do the mindset work to make that possible in my life because like I was raised cleaning houses with my mom. Like we were house cleaners. Like that to go from cleaning homes as a kid to put food on the table to running a business and saying, you know, having the conversation with my husband about, look, I really want to prioritize quality time over doing, you know, a lot of the chores in the home. How can we make that possible? That took a lot of mindset work. And and once it was, you know, done, I, I will never look back. Like that to me was incredibly um, powerful uh, to say that I could do it, but also that I went through the mindset work to ask for help. No, you're, oh my God, I'm feeling you so much. It's like really feeling in your body, like it's safe to be supported. It's safe to have yeah. those conversations. It's okay for you to not doing do those things. It doesn't mean anything about you and you realize that the fact that like, I love that you brought that up about just tying it back to your childhood. There's so many stories about that. We just inherit about what, what type of support is available for somebody like us or, you know, just all of those stories that, yeah. because they're so entrenched, we just think of them as truths, but it's so important for us to be able to challenge it. Absolutely. You know, one of the things too to consider is that oftentimes we can find um, support in our homes at a lower cost than it than it is to find support in our business. So depending on where you're at in your business journey, if you're looking at buying back time, um, you may find that it is much um, more economical to get help in the home first and then um, down the road, outsource, delegate, hire it within the business. Such a good point. Such a good yeah. point. Oh, I love that. And then Naomi, I just, I, since we're sharing affirmations and mindset, so I have an affirmation around um, asking for help as well that I'd love to share with your audience. And it, it says that I, so the affirmation is, is that I surround myself by talented people who support me. I surround myself by talented people who support me. And I say that regularly. In fact, it's on my wall in my office because that's also a belief is that we think we can do it the best in our business. We think that there's no one that can do it as well as us. Or we think that how are we going to attract someone that can really be invested in our businesses such as, as we are as small business owners. And that those beliefs did not serve me and they do not serve my clients because they hear those beliefs a lot. And when you're looking at really wanting to ensure that you're in your zone, that you're doing the things that move the needle forward that in your business that only you can do, that's going to take attracting people into your business that can support you. I hope everybody listening is real is is 
realizing from what Amber is saying is that can you see so much of like stepping into that next level, up leveling, stepping into financial overflow is unpacking all of the things that say that you can't have what you want. Yes, exactly. And you don't know where those beliefs are going to come from. They come from pushing up against a belief that you may have not known was there. And then bam, you're like, whoa, where did that idea come from? Or that that belief, right? And you're like, okay, that was interesting. Why did I think that? Like, why did I feel that way? And and is it going to serve me to hold on to it? And if it's not, how am I going to work through it? 100%. And that was funny. I was saying this to clients the other day because I was sharing like a record month that I had last month. And I'm like, what's the difference? And it was like, so much of it, it wasn't that the strategy was very different. Yes, you know, there are things that are streamlined and things that are more fine-tuned just by virtue of doing this for so long. But so much of it was me unpacking all of this stuff and getting out of my own way and really acknowledging, as you said, yes, there's this belief on the table, but there's also infinite possibilities. And the only difference between the results that I'm getting right now and the results I had in the past is that I I consciously chose things that were in support of where I wanted to go, right? Just think of what's been going on in the world with the pandemic. Many small business owners were accepting this idea that it has to be doom and gloom, that everything needs to shut down, their businesses can't grow, you know, forget all of the plans that we had for 2020. Other people said that this is a real opportunity to be of greater service. Like how can we create things that really meet the needs of our audiences right now? And they're soaring. The only difference between businesses A and businesses B is the the beliefs that they decided could be, were the realities. Yes. Oh my gosh. I'm so glad you said that. So as you were talking, I was getting ready to say the same thing. Look, gosh, there is so much synergy uh, between the two of us. I had my record breaking in eight years, last two months in my business. So in the middle, I mean, we're still in a pandemic and I've had my best two months um, in August and September. And I, so, so to echo what you're saying, but I'll just say it a little bit different is be so careful at what beliefs people want to enroll you in. Mm-hmm. So they want to say it's lumen goom or lumen doom. And they want to say that this is like really bad. Now it is for a lot of people. So many people are going through so much right now. And that is absolutely their truth. But let that be their truth and really ask yourself, is that your truth? Instead of just saying, oh, it's coming or it is, or this is just the way it is. I want you to filter all the messages that you're hearing and truly be honest with yourself because adopting other people's beliefs and experiences will never serve you well. I want to quickly pause today's episode to invite you to join us in the Grow With Intention membership. This monthly coaching container is the place for online service providers ready to grow their business to the six-figure mark without overwhelm or hustle. The strategies I'm teaching every month in the membership are the exact strategies I've taught hundreds of clients, strategies that have helped countless women break the six-figure mark and beyond. I am collapsing time for you, sharing all the things you need to know to grow your online service business with ease. It's the first time I'm making these strategies available outside my high-level one-on-one and mastermind program. Every month in the membership, you'll get live trainings on topics like sales, marketing, strategic partnerships, and of course, mindset. 
all the things you need to know to break that next income level. Every month, you will get a live content audit from me where you'll get feedback on your sales material, social media channels, and your copy. So there will never be a time where you don't know what to say to convert your subscribers and followers into paying clients and customers. Every month you'll get a live Q&A call where you'll get all of your questions answered, not to mention hot seat coaching and daily support and prompts and accountability in our private Slack channel. If you know that now is your time, that you are ready to cross that next income level and step into that big vision, head to the show description for the link and come and join us. Oh, amen. I love that. And yeah, I feel like there's so much that we can talk about on the mindset, but I want to now just kind of shift a little bit. And now that we have that clarity on the vision, the values, how do we start to take that to be running our businesses efficiently? Because I think a lot of, especially early stage entrepreneurs are constantly hearing, you know, now that you you have that clarity, you've got to do things that move the needle, right? But I think many of them don't, actually tangibly know what that is. So how should they be discerning what their one thing is? How do we choose the one thing? Yeah. So, you know, I actually don't believe that it's one thing. I actually have a framework for small business owners to find their highest value activities. Um, And so if you're, if you'd like, I can unpack that for us really quickly here. So I have, I call them the four buckets and the, when you are a business owner, your business needs certain things. Now, as your business grows, you may not be the only one providing this to your business, but every business needs consistently, um, consistent activity in marketing and visibility. So that's mark, that's bucket number one. Bucket number one is essentially letting the world know what you do and how you can help them. And then bucket number two, if you show up consistently in bucket number one, overflows and goes into bucket two, which is sales. Someone in your business, and when you're a small business owner, it is you, this is your hat, you need to sell your services. And that does not mean you just kind of let people know what you do passively. And if they want to work with you, they work with you. This is having consultations, discovery calls, sitting pre-pandemic at a coffee shop and asking for the business. I want sales are specifically asking for the business. And when you do that consistently and show up, then you get to the third bucket, which is servicing your clients. Now, as your a lot of your audience's service-based business owners, this is the bucket that, yes, is important, but it will be the bucket that sabotages all else. Yes. It's it's generally, (laughs) right? We got into business because we had a specific skill set. We had a talent. We had something that we created an entire business around, which is servicing the client. And so this is our comfortable place. This is the place we'll hide out in. Now, when we hide out in this third bucket or spend a majority of our time in this bucket, that's when we lift our heads up and we're like, oh, I'm done servicing the clients. Like, where's the next client coming from? Where did all the leads go? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah like, like, oh my gosh, well, I better let people know what I'm doing and I better get back to those marketing activities and I better, you know, start selling some things. And then you're going to have your head down and you're going to service your clients. And so for service-based business owners, 
I say, yes, it is your highest value activity. You are being productive when you're doing this, but let's make sure that you're doing it as effectively and efficiently as possible and never at the expense of not showing up in the first two buckets. Yeah. And then bucket number four is leadership. So depending on where your business is at and how you're scaling it, this is where you will spend as the business owner a majority of your time. Because at this point, you're going to hire independent contractors or employees. Um, Someone else is going to help you with marketing and visibility. So now your role is going to be fine-tuned of how you show up in that bucket. But but now you have to lead others to to do your marketing and visibility, maybe even your sales, and quite possibly even servicing your clients. And the reason I added bucket number four, Naomi, is because I had heard so many times over and over again, clients saying begrudgingly, like, I have another meeting with my team. I have to hire someone like like it was a drag and and I got to tell you like no your that is the best way to multiply your time is by investing in others so that leadership bucket is a very um high value investment of your time you get a return on that investment when you invest in others Thank you for so, sharing that especially yeah. for I'm probably one of those people who've been like oh that that side of it and just you've just offered such a powerful reframe, of course. And the moment you said it, I was like, duh, it's true. That in terms of how I can be spending my time, that is what's going to free my time back to push the business back even more forward. It's, yeah, it's just such a powerful reframe. So thank you. Yeah, absolutely. So those are the four buckets. And, you know, I go into um, detail about each business. You find your, you find what the thing is, is that is going to be the best activities for marketing and visibility. And this is really important is like, find the things that you, when you're first in business or newer in business, like you're going to try a lot of things. I want you to consider it an experiment. Like if I think back to all the things I've ever tried for marketing and visibility, What got me to where I got to, to get results was trying things, being consistent with trying them, but trying them and really asking myself, is this working? Is it not working? And really feel free to ask yourself, do you like doing the thing? Because if you don't like doing the thing, you're not going to show up consistently. So for me, I think it's a combination of, do you like doing it? And is it getting you results? I remember... I used to blog when the world was blogging and I was told that was the way you grow a business. I never once stopped to ask myself if I actually liked blogging. I just inserted it as part of my strategy because I was told that's what you needed to do. And I hated every minute of it. In fact, I wrote every blog pacing behind my assistant talking to her. And then I would, I would leave and I'd go listen to a podcast and I didn't even put it together. Like I, this was, you know, I've been in business for eight years. And then one day I thought, well, I really like to talk. Why don't we start a podcast? Yeah. And every every blog article I ever wrote was me talking. And that was the connection was I leaned into the thing that um, served my personality. There was less resistance. I was able to show up consistently in my own personality. And that was one of the single best decisions I ever made for my business. But I tried a lot of things like that was the short version between blog and podcasting. But I can tell you why podcasting's worked. It's because I showed up consistently and I really aligned it with my personality. And I think that's important when we look at like marketing and visibility activities for sure. Absolutely. I always say to my clients, 
all the strategies work. Look at how diverse roots people have had to success. It's testament to the fact that it all works, but it's about what works for you. If it's going to feel like a Herculean effort to motivate yourself to do it, yes, it may have got that person X result, but it's not going to work for you. Right. Right. And people are going to feel it. Marketing is so emotional, right? When you don't come with clean energy, we may not know what's happening behind the scenes, but as a customer, you can feel it. But when you're doing something that feels truly aligned that you would be doing, whether it was a strategic decision or not, that's when you really start to magnetize your people and growing your business feels good. Absolutely. I would prioritize um, not the actual strategy, like you said, I would prioritize consistency. So if there's a lesson in there of, you know, watching all these people, you know, grow their business in different ways, I guarantee that the thread that ran it together is that they showed up consistently over time that got those results. So pick your thing and, and then figure out how you can show up consistently um, and really stick with it. Speaking of consistency, I would love for you to walk us through some of the mistakes that you commonly see people make when it comes to time blocking and trying to do that. Because I think, especially if, as creatives, I see this all the time, myself included. I would get very excited about creating the block, the, the time blocks, creating the schedule, and then it can often feel like an albatross around my neck because it doesn't allow for fluidity. Life happens. Like even now, just transitioning into fall, like the energy that I had now have now compared to in the summer is completely different. And sometimes these once we're like, I have to be consistent in this and this needs to happen, then it can feel so restrictive that it becomes like another thing for us to do. And also another thing for us to berate ourselves. Like, see, you're not following through with that either. How do you break out of that? Yeah. So, I mean, I would just share a few tips that I have and I hear you. I 100, I, this is nothing I haven't heard before about, you know, I've tried, I've tried time blocking and it didn't work for me or I'm so creative. I just want to go with the flow. And so I'm not going to have any structure or I, you know, I'm afraid of structure, like all of those variations of it. And I'm going to tell you that that my approach to productivity is this on on all accounts. There are tried and true principles that will serve you well. Once you know what those principles are, it's your job to get creative and experiment and find the way in which you apply that principle to you and your business. And one of the principles that I truly believe in is time blocking. I really think that time blocking and we talked about reframe. So what if we didn't call it time blocking and we called it um, intention? Like this is my intention for the week or this is this is my proactive plan for the week, right? Choose your words. It's the same thing. When we create a block, a time, um, our time blocking schedule, it is us deciding what it is that we we want to do to reach our goals. And what happens is, is that the best parts of our brain, our executive thinking, the, the CEO, I like to call it the CEO brain, says, I don't want to do this, this, and this. And then the employee ha- brain shows up and says, well, I don't feel like doing that. I don't want to do that. That isn't a great plan. 
And then we start negotiating with our own <laughs> schedule that we created, but we were the creator of the schedule. Yes. <laughs> so what I want to um, share share with your listeners is like, would you fire yourself as an employee? Like, would you really put up with any employee that said, yeah, great schedule boss, but that's not what we're going to do today. Or if they showed up and said, I'm just not feeling inspired. I, I'm not, I'm not going to work today. <laughs> not feeling it. <laughs> not feeling it. Like that's not the luxury that employees all around the world get. We, you know, employees show up because they want to keep their job and they want to do a good job. And they don't let that kind of factor come in of, well, I just don't feel like it today. Now, of course, there's days that we, we you know, feel more into it than others. But are you using that as an excuse to kind of say, well, that was a great plan, but I'm just going to do what I want. So I think that that conversation and like recognizing that you're having it and making a choice of, am I going to let that happen or not, um, is a great strategy to ensure that the block schedule um, works more often than not. Another, another um, thing that I like to say is that there is no plan that ever went as planned. So when you create your schedule and think it should go exactly as planned, you're setting yourself up for huge disappointment. I want you to consider um, the idea that when you create a schedule or a plan for your week or your day, that you are setting the intentions of what you want it to look like more than what it's not going to look like. Because kids get sick, pets have to go to the vet, parents call and need something. Like those are very real things. A client has a fire you have to put out. Um, those are things that everyone in the world is dealing with. And you know what? You will deal with it too. But when you have a plan for your day or your week, you'll know where to get back on track after you've handled whatever needs to be handled. When we don't have a plan, then we start seeking the next thing that needs our attention. And then we kind of forget about what it is we wanted to do that day. And now we feel chaotic. We feel all over the place. We don't feel focused. And so if I could just share this is that if you look at your schedule as something that should serve you and not you serving the schedule, flip that relationship is that you're looking at it as something that helps you. It helps you show up your best in your business. It helps you reach your goals. Then now you're not at odds with the schedule that you created in the first place. Oh, that was so good. That was so good. And I think a big part of honoring the schedule is also about stepping into our power when it comes to boundaries, right? not saying yes to things that in that moment we know that we didn't want to do or we knew would would compromise our priorities. What advice do you have about navigating that? Yeah, so when we have a weekly schedule or a daily schedule, I love to see that right on our calendar. Where do you go when someone asks if you're available or if you can do something? That's where it needs to to live. And the reason is because if in your audience is incredibly creative, so most likely many of them are very visual. And when someone asks us to do something in our heads, if it's not like right in front of us, we're like, sure, I'll figure it out. But I want you to look at your calendar and say, 
okay, can I say yes to that and still do the thing that I set out to do today? Like even if I move some stuff around or is it I can't do it today, but I can help you tomorrow or right now is not a right, a good time or two o'clock is not a good time. But what about this time? It allows you to have the information you need to still serve if you want to serve and help if you want to help. But but to come back and negotiate with a time that works for both of you so that it's a win-win. And also it practicing just saying no, like if you really don't want to do the thing you're being asked, you don't need a reason or an excuse, but to share with the other person, but perhaps you need to understand because you're visually seen, there's no, there's, there's not the time to commit to that additional thing and say yes to. And that's just enough information you needed to help you make that decision. As you have really been honoring your priorities as you've been scaling your business, how have you overcome just the natural um, inclination that many of us, especially as women have with that people-pleasing tendency and just the fear that people are going to find us difficult or um, just, yeah, just the general people-pleasing and wanting people to like us? Yeah. I mean, this, what a great question. I mean, I can tell you know your audience so well. This is like, this is, this is, this is a big one. And, um, you know, here's the deal. I think it actually to bring this full circle goes to what my vision of success looks like, um, what my priorities are, what my goals are, and that I feel so passionately about them. Like I know that if I can't help someone or I have to say no to someone, it's because I am saying yes to that other thing that I'm so clear about. And that other thing is not a selfish thing. It includes having quality time with my husband. It includes dinner with my family every night. It includes, you know, playing games with my son. It includes what I'm going to do with the money um, and help charities and other people through my business. It has everything to do with the people that are on my team and the families that my business supports. So because I'm so clear about that and how I need to be to show up, it it makes me less worried if someone's got their feelings hurt because I can't be something to them too. Like it, it's kind of just putting it in, um, I, I guess in perspective, right? Yeah. Because I of course care what other people think, but I cannot be all things to all people. But what I can be is really, really good at some things that matter a lot to me. And, um, I just really try to stay in that, in that zone, in that area. Oh, I love that. And again, it goes back to what we spoke about in the beginning about being really crystal clear on the values um, because that ends up being your North Star. And even in your business, when you know what your priorities are, it becomes so easy to say no to everything else. And that's what goals are. Goals just tell us how, give us a framework about how to behave appropriately in the moment, right? And that's why one of the things that I've done that was just so life-giving for me is outside of having the priorities and knowing what we're really focusing on as a business is that when opportunities come up, I have a bit of a criteria. So I ask myself, is this something that is worth being away from my husband and my son for? Yeah. It has to be. <laughs> it has to be. Yeah. As you said, we're either saying yes when we say yes to something, we're saying no to something else. So is this worth being away from my family for? Secondly, is this helping my pursuit to support 
more service providers to step into financial overflow doing meaningful work. Right? So that's the second yeah. thing. The third thing is, is this going to be something that I am proud of in a year's time, five years time, 10 years time? And finally, does this support me in also stepping into financial overflow? And what I love about having that criteria is that sometimes when we create boundaries, again, like the schedules, they can be so rigid that there's no space for for us to be malleable. So I had a podcast opportunity that came up recently and they could only have me on in the evening, my time, converting it to Eastern Standard. And normally, like I work in the mornings because my afternoons are safeguarded with, with my baby. But that ticked so many of the criterias that I've just listed out that it was worth me kind of wiggling things around and say, you know, not doing bath time that night um, in order to be on that podcast because it ticked many of the boxes. So it allows me that flexibility and just kind of gives me a framework upon which to make intentional decisions about how I'm using my time. Oh, that is so good. I love that. And that actually ties to the block schedule too. And like, you have like a schedule or like things that you want to do, but you're the boss of the schedule. You can make exceptions. And that's what you did too, is like, this was your normal routine because you ran it through your, what you call criteria. You were able to make that um, exception and feel really, really good about it, which really matters. I, I think that really does matter. I call it I something similar and I call it filtering it through your vision of success. Like you've got to run the opportunities. You got to run the things that are being asked of you through that. And if it does not meet and help propel you towards where you're going and your vision of success, then it's a no. Because there's so many things out there that are just vying for your attention to really just kind of take you off track. And that can be so frustrating and sabotaging when you think you're doing something right, you're taking the motions and steps and you look up and you're like, but I'm just so off track from reaching what I feel like is my vision of success. Absolutely. And just for the entrepreneurs here, I want you to also think about this as it pertains to your business. One of the things that I'm constantly encouraging my clients to think about is to think about scaling with leverage. And this is where oftentimes shiny penny syndrome, we see that somebody is doing this thing and we feel like, oh, let me jump on that too. I never do things. And part of it is a stage of business that I'm in. I don't do things that are one-off. And if for it to be a, something that's a one-off, it has to be something that is so allows me to have such a big impact that it's worth my time. Like I said, for me, my time is the most precious commodity that I have. So if I'm launching something, I'm creating something afresh, this needs to be something that I can leverage, that I can create a system around, and that's going to serve me and my business for a considerable amount of time for it to take me away from what I'm already doing. So when you're thinking about what your priorities are in your business, I want you to reflect, is this a shiny penny one and done? Yes, I may have that cash flow injection today, but it doesn't actually contribute to the bigger picture, whether that is the finance, long-term financial goals that you have or the impact that you want to give. Everything has to be for a reason. So even sometimes where I will offer something that's not my one thing, 
it's always because in offering that, it ends up creating a funnel that supports that one thing. So when you're coming up with the priorities, make sure that it's leveraged, that you're building momentum that supports the ultimate thing. Absolutely. So well said. You know, the the filtering, it reminds me of an episode that I did. It was called um, uh, Distractions Dressed Up as Opportunities. Ooh. And I break down trying to, because that's how they come to you. They never come to you as like in your inbox, like, hey, I have this great, you know, distraction for you. <laughs> sure. it's, it's always like, I had this great opportunity for you. And, and when you're growing your business, you're like, is that the opportunity? Like, is that the thing that's going to make the difference? And, and you think, well, they're saying it is, or, you know, they're telling me it is. Um, and, and I just think that um, you need to ask yourself, you need to know. And the only way you can ask yourself and know is if you really did take the time to understand what it is you want in, you know, three, five, 10 years from now. Um, and, and that is your, your helpful guide. Like you said, North star, so that you can do your own filtering and you can do your own identifying what you want to say yes to and what you want to say no to. Amber, you are such a joy. How can, <laughs> how can we all stay in your ecosystem? What would be the next steps to stay in your ecosystem, learning from you, all of that great stuff? Yeah, absolutely. So I love hanging out over at Instagram. So you can find me at Amber underscore De La Garza, D-E-L-A-G-A-R-Z-A. Um, and then I also have a free mini training called Take Back Your Time. So if you were listening to today's episode and ever heard yourself mumble, I wish I had more time, there's never enough time, <laughs> then definitely take this mini training because in 20 minutes, I'll show you how to reclaim 30 minutes each and every day forever. And um, you can grab that by going to amberdelagarza.com forward slash take back your time. Amazing. Amber, thank you so much. Thank you. This was an amazing conversation. Thanks so much for having me. So that's it for this week's episode of the Lifestyle Edit podcast. You can download more episodes of this podcast and subscribe in Apple Podcasts or iTunes. If you enjoyed what you heard, we would love a review or recommendation. It's the number one way for us to share these stories and insights with as many creative female entrepreneurs as possible. And don't forget, all the information on how to join the TLE community is in the show notes or simply head to thelifestyleedit.com to sign up. Thank you.